I'd like to welcome to the show, Director of Photography of the FX show Snowfall, Tommy Maddox Upshaw. How are you today, sir? Doing great. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so obviously the first question for me, for me, I'm a guy that I love a great cinematography. And I feel like when I'm looking at a film and I feel like it makes or breaks a film. So what made you want to become a cinematographer? Oh my goodness. Uh, I worked... My sister used to do casting. My sister Kylie used to do casting on music videos in the 90s. And she invited me out the end of my senior year to come and PA on a music video with Hype Williams. And uh, I saw this guy, Vance Burberry, who is the cinematographer for a brandy music video with Wanya Morris called Broken Hearted. And uh, at the time, I was uh, playing, I was getting ready to start playing college football. I've been you know, playing sports my whole life. And I just like the way he led the team and I love photography already. And I was like, you know, I'm always like, you know, I've always been a movie buff, but I was like, I like what he does. And I saw like how he worked with everybody. And I saw, you know, that you got to frame the shots up and everyone's listening. And it's like, oh, I guess that's really creative. Like, oh, that's dope. I want to do that. And then from that point, it's weird. The college I went to, College of the Holy Cross, did not have a film program at the time, but I got scholarship to play football there. So I went and started studying like still photography, you know, so, but that's kind of like the, the short version of my, my big sister like, introduced me to this, this crazy rat race, but uh, it's cool though. I, I, I love the journey. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So speaking of, you said you're a movie buff, uh, just some of your favorite films off the top of your head before we dive into the show. Oh man, uh, Citizen Kane is probably one of my top, you know, 24 year old guy fucking directs this movie that's amazing, you know, and stars in it. Uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, big shout out to Spike. Uh, you know, it was one of my favorites, Malcolm X, uh, Cinema Paradiso, uh, Bicycle Thieves, uh, and The Move for Love. I mean, I could, I could go on, I'm trying to think of some other stuff, it's like, there's all types of crazy mode, Tuki Buki I love, uh, all different types of genres of, of films. You know, uh, it's, you know, my first film studies was actually Italian cinema. So Rock One's Brothers and La Dolce Vita and Bicycle Thieves are kind of like my first study into cinema itself, besides going to the movie theater and watching Malcolm X, you know. Absolutely. I love that. I love, I love listening to other people's favorites, you know, because your that range was amazing. You know what I mean? Like that's when you know somebody really loves film when, you know, you can go from Italian cinema to Spike Lee and then Malcolm, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. yeah it's like fun, it. man. I mean, I, I, I love it. You know, if there's a movie everyone should see that I just discovered that Roger Deakin shouted out, it's called Come and See. Russian film in 1985. That thing's crazy. I just watched it over quarantine. It's worth it's worth the watch. I'll have to check it out myself now. Yeah. Snowfall is a look at the early days of crack cocaine epidemic in Los Angeles during the beginning of the 1980s. How did you how did this project come about for you? Uh, the guy who created the show, John Singleton, personally reached out and contacted me when I was on a show called uh, On My Block. And uh John got me an interview along with Gigi Akasi, who is the executive producer at FX, who I knew from years prior from working on Straight Outta Compton in between the two. 
they invited me for an interview and John really wanted me to get involved with this. So John like really personally asked me to, to do the show. And uh, of course I met with Dave Andron and John Labou, these other people and Tommy Shalami and Tony uh, Mark at the time and Julie. Um, but John's a neighbor of mine when he was alive because I live in South LA. I'm a resident of Inglewood, California. And John lives in South Central. So he was about seven minutes door to door from my house. And I would go and hang out with John and we'd meet in places and we would talk about the show and tell me what he expected and, uh, you know, really asked me to do it. So it was an honor that John got me to do one of his last projects before transitioning on. It's a very deep show and topic. Um, you say that it's, I, I've read before that it's very personal to you. Why is that? Uh, I'm an inner city Black American. I grew up in, in Boston. The borough-ish type neighborhood I grew up in was called Mattapan. Uh, inner city of Boston in the 80s because of crack and drugs, gangs. It was considered a high crime neighborhood. Um, and with that experience, you know, uh, as I openly talk to people. I have family with substance abuse issues, dealing with crack cocaine in my neighborhood. Um, you know, so it's kind of like I saw it happen to our neighborhood. I saw it happen to the family at large. I saw the violence that came with it um, as a kid walking to from the bus stop, riding my bicycle around. And, uh, you know, those experiences really help zone in my uh, my decision-making when I'm on set. Yeah, so that, that's why I say that. It's a very, like I said, the tone of the show is very dark. How do you find the approach to match the tone of the show with kind of the color palette that you're looking for? So um, I very much try to, you know, the, the original DPs are John Lindley and Jeff Greeley after the pilot. And they set up this whole uh, lookup table system that um, was very interesting due to the storylines. And with that, uh, they were shooting one type of camera. I switched this over to something else with Elliot Rocket, who does great work on this, this show as well. And with that, I tried to find in those color palettes that were set up, the subtext can the subtext be expressed visually is kind of my approach. Can the, can the crossover storylines be expressed visually? You know, so with that becomes for me, when is it more monochromatic because it's a single storyline versus mixed color, which is, uh, you know, crossing a storyline, you know what I mean? You have to, and then when people meet up on screen, I try to express that who has the biggest empowerment with their LUT and then do I put some subtext color in there uh, or emotionally does it just feel right, you know? What is it like, especially on this particular type of show that it's kind of hits home for you a little bit. What is it like watching and seeing your work with this story coincide? Uh, it's exciting. I get to express myself, you know, it's, it's something that if you ever read Storaro's book about growing up in like around like Baroque art, those years of him growing up in Rome, it's like, it's really much of the same. I think of that for myself because I grew up around 
watching local drug dealers run the corner. Like that was like, I saw them dudes. I saw teenagers riding in Mercedes Benz because they're dealing drugs. I saw them telling drugs. Like that's what it was. Me and my friends were like, oh man, oh, like something's going to go. Like, you know, I saw that. So it's like, I get to express certain and unearth certain things, a part of my experience growing up in Boston. Like, you know what I mean? I, I riding on the school bus, I saw gangs beat people down, you know, because of disputes about things. And then you find out word on the street is this, what, and the other. I rode the bus and the train as a kid. And you see, you know who was rolling and what crews, like they're not from my area, they're from this area, you know what I'm saying? And those things cause conflict because there's drugs involved with it. Money is exchanging hands. So then that's for me is like, I draw from those things the way I saw people on the sodium light, metallic highlight, certain street corners at night as you know, my parents would drive me through certain major streets in Boston. And you would see these cats out who are like, you know, not much older than me. And you're like, hey, what's going on? Like, how are these cats out right now? Like, you know, and it's just one of those things. You get to unearth those things that have been hidden in me for a while from my youth, which I, I remember emotionally responding to, you know. What is some of the hardest things about being a cinematographer that you try to adapt to? Obviously, because you're coming into somebody else's vision. Mm-hmm. So what is it like trying to put the pieces together to make it yours, but also theirs? It's always trying to develop the language. You know, the people, you know, when you talk about a language, I tell a lot of directors that I prefer to know what they don't like versus what they do like, simply because I know which way to not steer things and bring things up. Um, you know, I'm working on prepping a show right now and you know, that's what we're devising. We don't even roll the camera for another, like another two and a half months. And the director and I have already worked through like three episodes, like going through and shot listing stuff. You know, we haven't even physically got to the locations because they're in another country right now. But it's like, we're already spewing ideas and, and devising a language and, and stuff that we would like, how we like to approach it. And then once you get to the location, then things can change because locations speak to you very much. You know, and I, and I have a different gaze. Like I just have a cultural different gaze that I think uh, is hopefully interesting. I mean, some people think it's interesting. I get to be employed <laughs> because of it. But uh, my cultural gaze is something that has helped me in terms of this show. And I get to express myself a certain way because of somebody like John Singleton, who grew up as an inner city black kid, you know, during this time as well. And we got to like, you know, really kind of he kind of let the they, they kind of let me kind of do what I want which is really kind of nice and and John kind of set that up for me you know and, and other people have been supportive with that environment Dave Andrews has been nothing but supportive and that environment to let me kind of do what I want <laughs> you know and it's it has worked out visually I think it's fun you know so uh, very uh, I'm definitely feeling blessed that I get to have this experience on this show Absolutely. Um, so for me, I, what, one of the things I like to do is before I, I interview somebody, I like to kind of dive into obviously your filmography and you've worked with some amazing individuals. Like you said earlier, straight out of Compton, you worked on Empire, you worked all over the place. But one that always stuck out to me, it's one of my favorite films of the last, you know, last couple of years. You worked as the FX cameraman on A Star is Born. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. what was it like working on that project with Bradley? Oh man, so check this out. So that the visual effects stuff I did was this new technique actually, and I didn't get to do main unit. Maddie Libatique, who's my mentor, and I just finished working with him and Olivia Wilde on their new movie, uh, Don't Worry Darling. Oh, awesome. And Maddie had me make the crowds on A Star is Born. So all that stuff you see at Coachella and all that, the yeah. crowd was like, if you look at the frame, was like, was like this big. <laughs> and then I was doing this new technique with this strobing that was duplicating, helping duplicating frames at a high frame rate and flashing so then they can make the crowd with light movement to expand it all around. So I literally like was part of the team. I was a cameraman that made the crowds, different perspectives and all that for Stars Born. So like, even though it's like this multiplied by tons, it was just like setting people up and having them turn different ways with this strobing technique. And, and Maddie like calls me in at different times to, to freaking, you know, do stuff for him. And I'm like, sure. I mean, the guys helped my career out tremendously. So I can't thank Maddie Levitique and, and, uh, and Spike enough for that relationship. But it was great just to be a part of it. I mean, I was doing something else, so I didn't get to go do main unit with them that time. But no, Star Wars Born is a great movie. I love my work I did on it because it sold it. I mean, you can't tell that it's not a daytime exterior versus... No, I, I didn't know it until you just said it, so... Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. perfect. I like that. I, I'm glad I asked that question now because that's a really cool story. Cool. So um, if you could pick one, and I'll get loosely couple of films that aren't and are attaching uh, things that you've been attached to that aren't yours that have been some of your favorite cinematography work what would you what would you pick like some of my favorite not yours somebody right, else. somebody else's mm -hmm. um i think that uh oh man belly by malik saeed uh hype williams movie it's like kind of a cult hit I've worked for Malik. I was a PA for him for years, I think. I mean, my uh, he's influenced me because I saw him do it firsthand. Uh, I would say Maddie, uh, when you look at something like Black Swan, how appropriate. Oops. You're good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> I would say, I'll say Maddie and Black Swan. Of course, like, Greg Tolan and Citizen Kane is absolutely amazing. And like Roger Deakins work. I mean, you could talk about the movies he won the Oscar for. I would really say it's like more so about a movie like Shawshank where you don't really notice Roger's work and it, it complements the story so well. You know what I mean? And, so beautiful, so beautiful. So beautiful. And then somebody like Ernest Dickerson on something like Malcolm X for me, you know, and, and Ellen Curse on uh, Eternal Sunshine. How like the, the photography in Eternal Sunshine was so aggressive, but it fit the story so perfectly that it's really dope, you know what I mean? And Ernest and, and Spike's work in, in X for the different storylines is very much sets me up for something like Snowfall. Right, because you have the different storylines, you have different LUTs there. They were using different film techniques, which you know Citizen Kane kind of did first. But the, you know they had a different filtration for the different time periods of Malcolm, 
which was amazing. I talked to Ernest about it all the time. He's probably tired of me always asking him about that thing because I'm friends with him. But then you look at, at Citizen Kane and the newsreel footage versus the regular storyline footage and the childhood stuff of, uh, you know, you know, Citizen Kane, you know, Charles Foster Kane. So it's like all those different people, different points, but I, I just love it, man, you know. Is there any director that you haven't worked with that you want to work with? Oh, of course, of course. Um, I think somebody like, I mean, I would love to work with Denzel as a, as a director. I, I think that would be really dope to be able to collaborate with somebody like him. Um, also somebody like, you know, I mean, I've worked with Spike in a capacity, but me and Spike have like this tumultuous relationship that I love because I'm a Boston guy. He's a New Yorker, but I would love to lens a feature film for, for, for Spike. Um, and then there's a, uh, there's directors. I mean, like, oh man, what is the the, the woman that did Hurt Locker? Um, Bigelow, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, I love her storytelling. I think she's. I think she's really dope. So I think she does amazing, amazing work. And of course, Bong, who he did freaking Parasites. Like, he's one of the best. I mean, he's freaking. I, I watched every movie of his. He's like one of those voices internationally that's just so unique and and dope you know so that's like my my short list you know hopefully somebody or like Antoine Foucault I'll do some big action movie or something you know uh and then your boy uh what is my man's name uh okay I can go on man I, can, I, can. <laughs> I feel that I feel that yeah. right <laughs> you know <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of good talent out there I mean Kugler I mean he, I think it'd be dope to to team up with somebody like him yeah and go after go after something I think he's a great story you know i agree i've got one more left for you um what is the most beautiful location that you've ever shot Ooh, most, most beautiful i did a, a small movie in south africa called kalushi and it's on netflix it, it did amazing for me like in my but i was shooting in south africa and uh, there's this place, uh, it's like East Hardesby's Dam or something outside of Johannesburg. And it was absolutely stunning. It was like great to, to be out there and, and be in South Africa's countryside. And that was really dope. Yeah, it's funny because when I was looking at that, when I was preparing my notes and stuff, I was like, I know he's going to say this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I can't imagine like, you know what I mean? Like it's it sounds gorgeous, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if I would have like laid money in Vegas, I would have won something because I was just like, you, you can't you can't really top that. Even looking at your filmography and you've, you've done a lot of work, but that's that's some beautiful shots, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, that and, and I shot Paris for one TV show in a short film. Uh I was in Marseille for a short film that was really beautiful, but I think South Africa kind of takes it. Yeah, you think you're right. You get your money. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So Snowfall returns back to FX on February the 24th, season four. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Tommy Maddox Upshaw. Thank you again. No doubt, man. Have a good day.